Today on Coronavirus Daily, we're answering some of the questions that still surround COVID-19 testing in Los Angeles. Why was it so challenging to roll out tests after the first confirmed case in LA? That was back on January 22nd. What's going on with testing now? What are we learning from test results and what exactly is being done with that information? Maybe you heard something about some new blood tests that the county began conducting over the weekend. What's the deal with that? To answer these questions, Christina Pascucci went right to the source, one of the guys who's basically running the show when it comes to coordinating LA's testing efforts, Dr. Mark Eckstein. I quickly learned more about swabs and testing than I ever cared to know. <laughs> the swabs are these special long Q-tips that put way back up people's noses. You know, the proverbial truth is strange and infection. Guess where the majority of these nasal swabs were made for the whole world? Guess where they were manufactured? The bulk were manufactured. Probably the worst outbreak so far anywhere in the world, northern Italy. <laughs> so that's that was a, a problem. Dr. Mark Eckstein is commander of the Emergency Medical Services Bureau and medical director of the Los Angeles Fire Department. He's one of about three people coordinating all of LA's testing efforts. He called testing a Herculean effort. Case in point, the nasal swabs that we talk about, you know, the ones that are needed to test, were produced in one of the regions most crippled by the coronavirus, northern Italy. I think to a, a pers- an average person would think, well, how hard could it be to set up drive-through testing? Uh, let me tell you, <laughs> it's incredibly hard. Then, of course, every, you know, everybody, every municipality around the world is fought, was fighting over swabs. There's no, not enough swabs to go around because the factory in Italy was shut down. And at the time, the only other manufacturer of swabs in the United States was a company out of a little town in Maine. So they were trying to ramp up their production. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm getting instead of getting 50 emails a day, I'm getting 200 emails a day. Uh, the city should purchase this kit, and this kit's better, and why aren't we using that kit? And blood versus nasal swab versus oral uh, pharyngeal swab, and this is a better turnaround time, and why aren't we doing this and doing that? And just to try to vet those and say, okay, which of these have gotten the emergency use authorization or EUA from the FDA. Just imagine the influx of hundreds of organizations and businesses claiming to have the answer. Dr. Eckstein played a critical role in sorting through all of it, and then they had to figure out logistics. How do we get people to register for testing? Who do we prioritize? Where do we do the testing? Uh, what are the risks to the people working at the site? What level of PPE do they need? So this was... This was uh, uh, almost Herculean task trying to organize this from the get-go, especially with no infrastructure. Again, the city has no health department, no public health department. We don't run clinics and hospitals. And this is all just a microcosm of the challenges our health officials have faced. Some may not realize that the city of Los Angeles doesn't even have a public health department. It's the county that runs it. Despite all that, we were able to spin up very, very quickly. Uh, within less than a week's time, you know, I think to the mayor's credit, uh, he felt this was, and he was right, that, that testing is a critical part of the overall response to this pandemic and this crisis for all the obvious reasons. And the countries that have been able to control this all say that testing was a critical component of that response. You know, I and mean, then all the guidelines from CDC says only test people who are symptomatic. So we, you know, wanted to prioritize that 
those groups of people before we go open up the general population. Now that thousands of vulnerable Angelenos have been tested, this week the city hopes to launch testing for a population some consider the most vulnerable. We're also now really drilled down to get the homeless folks tested as quickly as possible, which obviously drive drive up testing and notification and registry by email obviously is not going to work for the homeless population so we kind of have to bring the testing to them and looking for testing that has a faster turnaround time our current testing is running about a two day turn uh, one to two day turnaround time which is certainly very good but doesn't work for a trans with the transient population the big unknown in all this is what number of people have really been sick Many never even showed symptoms, and perhaps the biggest question on most people's minds is when will we return to any sort of normal? Serology or blood testing could lead us closer to those answers. The second phase of this is roll into um, incorporating serology testing, which rather than trying to identify the presence of the virus, identifies if your body has mounted an immune response. Right. And the reason we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't do that initially is you could be carrying the virus and be contagious for up to 10 days before your the body has developed antibodies to the virus. Mm -hmm. Dr. Eckstein says in L.A. City, firefighters will take the serology tests first. But eventually, he says the test could be used to slowly ease out of the safer at home order currently extended to May 15th. My goal is if I have somebody who tests negative with the swab, so... There's no evidence they can carry the virus, but they actually have a positive blood test that they have antibodies to the virus. That's someone who can go back to work. Not only are they not going to spread the disease to others, but they're very unlikely to be able to get this disease again because they already have immunity to it. So that, that's kind of a game changer to kind of do that parallel testing. When do you think we'll start seeing those serology tests used regularly and or getting people back to work? I think probably in, uh, within a few weeks. And as of April 10th, LA County health officials started serology testing for 1,000 randomly selected residents. A research team staged drive-through testing sites where participants could put a drop of blood on a test through a pinprick, kind of like a blood sugar test, and within 24 hours they'll know whether certain antibodies exist, and the data should be public within the week. Dr. Eckstein notes all this progress comes with caution as LA has not hit the apex just yet. Everybody is doing what they can to uh, minimize the chance of L.A. going the way New York City has gone. Everyone's in a preparation phase now to be ready for the surge. We're definitely seeing more COVID-positive patients in the, uh, being hospitalized now than we did two days ago. There's more COVID patients in ICUs. Uh, watching capacity very carefully, but um, we're, you know, we're, we're definitely not being close to the apex right now in Los Angeles. In fact, Dr. Eckstein says in Los Angeles, many emergency rooms are actually quiet. You know, and it's eerily quiet, not just the streets, but um, the hospitals, the ERs, um, the EMS system, it's, it's slow as it's been in years because people are not going to the hospital uh, we'll call 911 like you normally would because people aren't out crashing their cars, they're not getting drunk at bars and getting into trouble. People who routinely go to the ER for, for everything, not just emergencies, but chronic medical care, uh, a lot of those folks are staying away. They do not want to go. County USC, their volume is probably down 40, 40-50% in the ER. Wow. Oh yeah, it's, you know, again, it's, it's the proverbial calm before the storm. 
It's, uh, so, you know, we know it's coming. Uh, again, we're trying to, everyone's trying to, how do we, how do we plan for the surge? How many ventilators do we have? How many ICUs do we have? Uh, overflow using the U.S. Uh, NS Mercy, using the convention center, uh, disaster resource, resource centers, casualty collection points outside of hospitals with tents. I mean, you know, we're kind of breaking up the playbook that a, a lot of which was developed post uh, 9-11. All in all, there is reason to be hopeful. The White House task force said Friday, for the first time, the epidemic curve is starting to level. Governor Newsom said California's peak of cases won't be as high as once thought, although he said it's a cautionary tale. Social distancing must continue. We're doing everything we can uh, to not see what's happening in New York City happen here by everyone doing their part with the social distancing and shutting down commerce for the most part. Uh, proper use of masks, preparing for a surge, all these different things, you know, testing and tracing and quarantine. Uh, You know, we're fortunate we have time. We have time. We'll bring you more coronavirus daily tomorrow. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. You can also listen to our 20 past episodes to hear a story you maybe missed or to see how far we've come in the fight against COVID-19 since we started this podcast a month ago. For more information on this episode and all our episodes, visit us at ktla.com slash coronavirusdaily. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at KTLA Podcasts. And Christina is at Christina KTLA on Twitter and at Christina Pascucci on Instagram. For the very latest coronavirus headlines, visit ktla.com or check the KTLA News app. We'll see you here tomorrow. Thanks for listening.